How are we all doing? Wonderful, beautiful weather. Anna and I were out very early in the garden this morning and we're warmed by the sun. It was just glorious, absolutely wonderful. Okay, so uh, it's the summertime. We are now free of small groups for a while. No. Oh, you've only just started coming. It's nice to have a break as well, isn't it? Change of pace, change of season. Enjoy your holidays. We were getting all of the bits and bobs yesterday. Enjoy the shift in pace. Enjoy your Wednesdays or your Thursdays. But I do want to make the point, just don't disconnect from them. Uh, whenever we hit a different season at any point in our lives, whether it's a new job or child comes along or there's a new relationship or whatever is going on, the change in pace often, we've got to remember that there's an adjustment to how we relate to God. When, uh, before we had children, I would have got up very early, spent loads of time with God. It was wonderful. Then we had children. And it was like, I just want to sleep every moment, available time that I can have. And then it's like, hi, Jesus, you're right. I'm, and he understands, but there's grace. His grace is enough. So there's a way and a connecting with him. So I just want to flag up. It's a summer. Please enjoy your summer. God's big into rest. He did it himself. If he did it, we need to. But just remember not to disconnect from him. Okay? Are we good with that? You're all very quiet this morning. Are we all slightly awkward this morning? Are we doing okay? We're all all right. Okay, good. So this morning, we are starting a new, you can't even see it, you can see it a little, Faithful. We're going to start a new series called Faithful. Are you faithful? I'm going to say that over and over to the point, hopefully that you're irritated. Are you full of faith and faithful? Okay, I'm on my own. That's all right. Let's keep going. So what we find is that what God does is there's always a flow. Even whenever the change can be dramatic, normally the one thing links to the other. And last week we were talking, finishing off Seek to Speak, and we were talking about where do you stand in regard to faith and regard to unbelief. Well, we want to really continue on with that, and we want to move on to faithful. So we were talking last week about uh, how the guy in uh, Bethel, who's the senior leader, said that whenever we pray without faith, really, we're just moaning. You know, God, it's so hard. It's so difficult. Please change it all. Please take out that person that's difficult for me. Just me. I just wanted to be better. And then we pray, God, this is really, really tough, but I know that there's something for me to learn. There's something for me to become. There's something for me to do, and we're starting to pray with faith. We want to be a people who are full of faith, and we want to be a people who are faithful. And in this series, we're going to explore what faith is, what it's not, and how we live our life absolutely full of it. So this is the season to understand the growth and the application of faith. Let me read Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. So this is the season to grow in faithfulness. So as a gardener, used to subscribe to Gardener's World. At some point I will again. Unashamed, folks. Monty Don is a great man. He has a lot to teach us all. But when it comes to growing things, it takes time. And it's got to be the right season for things. And by faith, see what I did there? We believe that this is the season to learn about growing in faithfulness. So let me give you some definitions Um, I gave this last week. I'm just going to expand on a little bit. We defined last week that that it's important that we understand the root of the word, and it's exactly the same word for faith in all of these contexts that I'm going to give. So Hebrews 11.1, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen, and it gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. 
Confidence means support, substance, and steadiness. And assurance is the internal persuasion from God. The Greek word is pistis, which means to be persuaded, to come to trust, to have faith. And I loved this little uh, explanation that I find after as well. So faith, the word pistis, is always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by people. In short, for the believer, it is God's divine persuasion and therefore distinct from human belief or confidence, yet it involves it. And the Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believer so they can know what he prefers. In secular history, it was referred to as a guarantee or warranty. And in scripture, faith is God's warranty, certifying that the revelation he birthed within us will come to pass. Okay? So faith is God's divine persuasion. So he is persuading you He causes us to will and to act according to his divine purpose. I'm going to unpack that a little later on. But he is persuading you about certain things that cause your faith to arise. Okay? Now, the word full, well, we all know what that is. Well, it's a measurement. It's an adjective. It means containing or holding as much. Not lacking or omitting anything. It is complete. So faith is a measurement about containing or holding as much or as many as possible, having no empty space, not lacking or omitting anything but complete. And I want to give you my, this is Collins, I know there's a dictionary called Collins Dictionary. Well, this is Collins' definition of faithful, my definition of faithful. Taking these two and have put them together, it means to be fully persuaded by God. Okay? Now, at times, you will have people that will come along and they will bring confirmation to what you're fully persuaded of. But normally, what God does as well is He brings those into your life who are contrary to what you're fully persuaded of. And they're the ones we don't like. And if you let it, those things can cause you to seriously wobble. Particularly if it's someone that you really trust, particularly if it's someone that you're very close to. But God will always provide a witness to his word. So there will be things that he will ask you to do, and he will bring someone along, and that can be throwaway comments, it can be things that you see, it can be things that happen in circumstances, it can be people coming to you directly and saying, that's on, you know that that's on, but at times it'll be, really, really, maybe you should just sell, maybe it'll be all right. But he allows that because faith has to be tested. We don't like that. But what the fruit of that is, is strength in him. So my definition is of faithful is fully persuaded by God. Through his word, the Logos is revealed in scripture, the word of God, and his current word, which is Rema, which is the present tense of Jesus speaking. So God will speak to us by his word, and he will also speak to us by his spirit. The two go together. We do not want to separate and hop about on one leg. We want to be able to walk on both, okay? So if you come to me with some revelation that you've had, what I'll be looking for is where is the fruit of that in your life? What sort of fruit is it bearing? And also, does it stay in line with Scripture? Okay, we've got to have those two things happening all the time, about being full of faith and faithful. Okay, so I've got lots of stories. 
So several years ago, I worked in a well-known photographic studio. Some of you know where that was. It's not really here anymore anyway. I really, really, really didn't like it to the point that Claire at different points went, would you just quit? And I went, I'm not sure that that's the best idea. We'll just stop complaining about it then. Okay. And then I would moan again. She would say, would you just quit? And round and round the cycle would go to the point where it was like, I should just moan elsewhere. Really just find someone else who's not going to tell me the truth. Uh, So it was very, very difficult. After about two years, I thought, I really, really don't want to be here anymore. This is just not fun. It's just yuck. It's just not good. So I was told, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Did I believe that? Depended on the day. Depended on how challenging it was. It was on and off. Passionate and pathetic all at once. Sometimes within the same hour, sometimes within the first 10 minutes, sometimes it was all day and it was wonderful, and other days it was just a write-off. Get me out of here. This is terrible. Just get me out of here. So is it true that His grace is enough? Some of you aren't so convinced. You need to settle that. Is it true? That his grace is enough all the time, no matter where you are, no matter how difficult it is. Sometimes it's grace to get out of the situation. Sometimes it's grace to get into a situation. Sometimes it's grace to be able to stand in the situation. But you need to be able to settle what you want to attach your faith to and what you're persuaded by. I believe that it is absolutely true. Um, I also believe that I can be on a journey in a boat and I can be absolutely terrified that that thing's going to sink and there can, there can be other passengers who aren't even considering that because they know that they're going to get to the other side. So that whole time that I was there for five years, his grace was absolutely enough. But I didn't believe it sometimes. Sometimes I believed the contrary. Luke 8, 22, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they set out. If Jesus says, let's go over to the other side, he's already telling you that you're going to get over to the other side. Now, the boat may sink. But Jesus still said that you're going to the other side. It might be a really, really, really rough journey as you go across. But Jesus said you're going to the other side. It may be the most easiest and peaceful journey and hallelujah and amen. Give me as many of those as you want, God. It's wonderful when it's like that. Although normally you're standing going, where's the catch? When's it going to happen? Where's the difficulty? But the key thing is that he said that we're going to go over to the other side. And Jesus himself illustrated this, Mark 8, 24. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. And normally what we do or what I do is go, well, that was Jesus. No, I don't think that it was. He wasn't asleep because he was, he was asleep because he knew who his father was. We're going to the other side. Jesus only did what he saw the father was doing. John five nineteen. So the father had revealed to him they were going over to the other side. So he said to his boys, boys, we're going over to the other side. So Jesus can have a snooze. No matter what the circumstances come up in the place of that journey. They're freaking out. They're looking at the wind and the waves going, you're an idiot, why are you asleep? And he basically wakes up, slaps them in the head and says, what are you doing, guys? I've told you about faith. When stop it. And they go, who is this that's in our boat? 
The key thing is that he said that we're going to the other side. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so he Internally, whatever you're pursuing, getting very irritating. Is it all right? Whatever you believe in your heart, so you are. So in the days whenever I believed when I was in that place of work that his grace was not enough, what do you know? I walked it out. It's just so difficult. It's not all right. It's not going to be okay. I just need to get out of here. Get me out somewhere else. Maybe I've missed the job that I'm supposed to be in. It's just so difficult. My wife hates me. And on the days whenever his grace was enough, when I believed and attached my faith to the fact that his grace was enough, it's going to be all right. This difficult circumstance, these people who don't want to be photographed, why are you here? His grace is enough. I'm the one that gets to decide whether I live that out. doesn't change the truth. It's always the truth. The truth is waiting to set me free, but I get to decide whether I let the key go into the lock, open the padlock, see that the door's wide open, and I get to walk out. And for some of us, we're sitting in a prison cells going, it's dark, it's dark, and it's cold, and it's always dark, and it's cold, and out there's the sun. And Jesus is going, Kate's door has been open for four years. Would you please get up off your bum and walk out. I don't know how to do that. That's a different story. I can help you with that. But it's dark and it's cold, and I think a lot of the time the Spirit's standing there going, we've been through this. The door's open. Yeah? You agree with that, Russell? (laughs) This verse, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is, or a woman, human race, as we think in our hearts, so we are. This verse is an indication of the power that God has placed within us as human beings. You get to decide what you're going to agree with. The verse also shows that that we're only truly victims of our own thinking and what we believe about ourselves. We must keep our thinking aligned with the truth. John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 2 Corinthians 10.5, I know that you've been listening to the mind matters. Hold every thought captive and lead it away in obedience to Jesus Christ. We have got power and we have got control over all of those things. We do not have power and control over other things, but we do have power and control over us. Self-control. That's what we have. Not about stopping doing things, but often and more often about starting doing them. So I tried to leave the well-known photographic studio and didn't get through. I drove Claire clinically insane. I paid, and then all of a sudden became convinced that it, was going to be, it wasn't actually going to be my decision to leave. Started to get a little bit persuaded. Maybe there's something else going on here. The months went by. Actually, some of the years went by. I kept pestering God about what was going on. Part of it was great because it was a, being a bit like a terrier. And I was going to God going, there's more here. You've got to show me that there's more here. What's going on? And then one day, I remember sitting, and there was all of these boxes in the well-known photographic studio um, that often had portraits in them, as you do. And it said on it, no pay work, new job to follow. Now, I was a bit like a burning bush. There was always things that were on fire. But that day, at that time, no P work, new job to follow. So by faith, I knew and was more fully convinced that the work was going to run out where I was, 
and that God had something else for me. Then fast forward, so I started in the January 2006, and on the New Year's Eve, uh, December 31st, 2010, we were all called into a big meeting. Now, we had about a month before a slightly smaller meeting that was saying, things aren't so good, you know, we'll be all right. And everybody's going, mm this isn't good. On that morning, I was sitting with my cup of tea or coffee. It was beside me in our old house in Balnehenge, and there was, it was Christmas, obviously just after Christmas, and we like to enjoy Christmas for as long as we can, don't we? So the Christmas mugs were still present. Yes, we have Christmas mugs that go away, and others, does anybody else do that? There are other mugs that go away, so the Christmas mugs can be present, and I've learned to just embrace that and enjoy that. So this Christmas mug was sitting on the edge of the armchair. And it was a picture of Santa with his bag full, and it looked like he was walking with intention out the door. It just looked like Santa was on a mission. So I sat there, and I thought, I think this is it. I think this is it. They're going to tell us that it's all over. And I started to get excited. Oh, never been so excited in all my life. Five long years that I tried to get out of, knew that I couldn't get out of. No P work, new job to follow, something else is coming. Not sure what it's like to be made redundant. I'm sure it's not going to be that much fun, but I get to get out of the place. And lo and behold, they called the big meeting. We went in for the big meeting, and with very fancy words, they said, We're done with no money. Go and collect your pay from the government. I was delighted. Claire and I celebrated, we got some sparkly wine, we toasted, and we had a glorious time, didn't we? We had no money. Well, actually, we did. It was totally fine. Everything was all right. There was no issue at all. It was nicely sort of, uh, you know, whenever it was kind of smoothed over, nice transition. New job came along. There's wonderful stories to tell about that. But I was full of faith. Now, you can look at that circumstance and say, no, you weren't. You should have been praying down a new job and praying for the success of the business and praying for this and praying for that. Name it and claim it. Perceive it and receive it. What is it? Swear it and declare it. All of that. (laughs) I'm going to have a million dollars. Jesus' name. That would be very unhelpful because I live in the UK. Ruth got that. More so than the rest of you. That's all right. But I was full of faith. Why was I full of faith? Because I had been persuaded by God. So where are you full of faith? At that time as well, I went uh, over the period of time, Claire and I had got to know someone who was um, very good at the whole business consultancy and sort of life coaching. And I um, went to meet them, and we were chatting about work, and I was saying about how unhappy I was, and they were saying, and they were a believer as well, they were convinced of that, full of faith that Jesus is who he says he says he is. And I said to them, you know, I'm very unhappy and would like to go elsewhere and all that kind of stuff. And they went, well, God wouldn't want you to be miserable. You know, why don't you just try and get out? And what about your dreams? And go and chase your dreams. And you don't need to feel that guilt. Now from where I stand, I was absolutely under conviction. I was supposed to stay in that job. Did I want to? No. But I was supposed to stay there. It had been revealed to me and I was persuaded by him, although I didn't want to admit that, that I needed to stay there. So that was good enough advice, but it wasn't what the Father was doing. So we can come along and go, God, let your faith rise, let your 
faith rise here and let it arise there. Maybe God's not actually assuring or persuading that individual that that's what he's doing, which is why it is so important when we are trying to help people that we connect with him and get from him what he is doing in the lives of those that we are with. Because you can take one piece of advice that God might give to somebody and apply it to everybody and they will absolutely destroy themselves. Because God was in the process of killing a little bit more of Colin Mark Woodward. I am hap- I am, am I happy that that happened? Absolutely. Did I enjoy it? It was awful. Is he good? He is. So what are you persuaded of? Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, all things are possible for him who believes. And I want to unpack this. When we start talking about faith, this whole name it and claim it thing, as we look into the, the Greek in this, the word pistis, to be persuaded and come to trust and to faith, always a gift from God, never something that can be reduced by people. In short, for the believer, it is God's divine persuasion. God is not a genie in the lamp. We don't get to come along and go, make everything. Well, you can come along and say, make everything beautiful. He will. But you will be kicking yourself that you prayed that because it can be a very painful process. God, sort out this problem. Yes, I will, but you need to attend to that. You know he does that. God, I want you to help me in this area, and God will say, attend to that. What? They're not even connected, but they absolutely are. What are you persuaded of? What is God persuading you of? Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Psalm 37.4, my favorite of all verses, I think. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart because as you delight, as you get in front of him, he changes you. He works in you causes you to like things and love things that you never ever thought you would because you should give him your yes. It's a relationship. It is not the national lottery. So when we're talking about faith, let faith arise. Let God persuade you that he is who he says he is. He does what he says he will do and there are specific things that he wants to persuade you about. So here's a question. What are you full of? Ah, they're full of it. We've all said it, haven't we? You're thinking, oh, it's a wee bit inappropriate. What are you full of? We can be full of many things. And last night I was sitting beside Claire, as I often do, and I said, what other words end with full? And like a machine gun, Claire, within about three seconds, started gunning me with all of these different words. And are you ready for some of them? Andrew is. So we can choose to let ourselves be filled with the following. Forgetful, hateful, resentful, peaceful, fearful, doubtful. Let the Spirit speak to you as I say these things. Hopeful, helpful, joyful, grateful, or powerful, or powerful. Thankful, Delightful, wonderful, tearful, we've all been there sometimes, beautiful, plentiful, frightful, painful, dreadful, colorful, pitiful, awful. Think about that one. Filled with awe, awful, 
useful, successful, hurtful, merciful, spiteful, resourceful, distasteful, skillful, prideful, cheerful, restful. There's a heck of a lot that we can be full of. We're talking about being faithful. Can I get you guys up? When it comes to God, he's a little bit like a dentist. You've always got to displace to be able to replace. So obviously when you go to the dentist and you've got a cavity, they have to drill out all of the, what, what is it, what do they call it? The decay to be able then to excavate that out and then to be able to put the filling in so that the, the decay can't have more of its way. First John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. So when God comes to us, he comes to drive out all of those things that are of fear, of darkness, hurtful, resentful, things of bitterness, spiteful, hateful, all of that kind of stuff. He wants to drive it all out. So <laughs> I was, we, were, we had our testimony night in small group, and uh, it seemed like it happened a bit like popcorn. And one of the testimonies was, you know, um, I think you're great. Colin but you know you really do force us to look at the things that we don't want to look at and I really hated that process I mean I'm freer now and then as that individual said that one yeah that is what he does and then somebody else went yeah right enough that is what he does and I sat there thinking I am called to do this this is good John 8 32 you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free so the point I want to make is so on this journey of becoming faithful I'm really sorry but God's going to drive out and drill out anything that has taken the place of the fullness of faith. Where we are fully convinced by him and by him alone. Mark 9, 24, where the, the father of the boy who Jesus was about to heal, he said, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. And I always felt that those two statements were conflicting, but actually we can say, God, I believe who you are, but I've been convinced at other times and in other places of my life of other things in you. Would you stand with me? So we've got to learn to say with the boy's father, Lord, I really do believe. I am persuaded that you are who you say you are, but you need to help me overcome the places where I've been convinced by other things. So as always, this morning I've got some questions to help you respond. So as I was speaking about the time in my life when it was difficult and I just wanted out and there was this struggle, can you identify with that? And if you can and you just need some grace, come and join me at the front. Is there anywhere in your life where you're full of the wrong things? And also, do you want to be faithful, fully persuaded by God? If you can answer yes to any of those questions or you just want ministry, please come and join me tonight. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence among us. And we ask that, well, no, Lord, we decide and we make the choice to be persuaded by you. That in this moment that fear won't have its way or hurt or spite or frights that we've had or awful things that have happened we want to let you displace those things with your love your perfect love so will you come holy spirit and increase as we worship you